Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. If you have your Bibles, smartphones, or tablets, and you want to follow along, we're looking at the passage that was read from Matthew chapter 25, verses uh, 14 to 30. And we started a three-part series, as I said earlier, on generosity last week. We talked about the generosity of time and energy. Uh, today we want to talk about the generosity of talent and skill. And this week we're going to uh, take a look at, or next week we'll take a look at generosity of treasure. If you are a generous person, what you've done is you've simply developed the habit of giving. You may not have a large disposable income. You know, how much money you have is unrelated to how generous you are. Generous people are the kind of people who, who lean into giving rather than lean away from giving of our time, our talent, our treasure. I'm not a naturally generous person. My wife is. Um, I'm not a naturally generous person, though. But it's something, by the grace of God, I am leaning into and growing into. See, there's a, a number of reasons why I've chosen to try to grow in this area, God being my help. First one is, of course, I want to reflect my Heavenly Father. I'm sure you do, too. Uh, God is so generous for God to love the world that he gave. Jesus is so generous. He died for us when he didn't have to. And so uh, I want to be like my Heavenly Father. Another reason why I want to lean into generosity is that I've also noticed that it's the people who are generous who make the biggest difference in the world. If you want to leave a mark on your world, it'll be because you're generous. Another reason why I aspire to be generous is that, well, as I said last week, generous people tend to live richer lives. They're the people who are higher on the happiness quotient. They are the people who seem to have relationships that are significant and, and deep. They have learned that life is much bigger than themselves and that life isn't all about us, but life, part of it, is what you give. Now, I'm growing in, and I've grown into generosity, but I understand the fears about being generous. Um, Am I going to be taken advantage of? Hmm. I've been taken advantage of a uh, number of times. And, uh, but I have learned two things. One, being generous doesn't always mean that you have to say yes. It is good to be wise, right? The other thing I've learned is that just because you take get taken advantage of sometimes doesn't mean that you have to stop being generous. I am not going to allow those kind of people to keep me from living an abundant life, a life that imitates my father, a life that is good and deep. So how about you? Do you want to be generous? Do you want to be the kind of person who leans into giving? 
you may have some of the challenges I've had, but uh, I want to invite you into this journey of generosity. And so we're going to look at generosity of time and of talent. Now come with me to Matthew chapter 25. You heard it read in the, the new uh, Revised Standard Version. I'm going to read part of the passage in the New Living Translation. So again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them and while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. You know, Jesus, as you know, in the New Testament often speaks in stories. He speaks in parables. When he does so, he wants us to know something about the kingdom of God, the culture of the kingdom. What's, what's God like and how does, how does the culture of the kingdom of God work? Uh, he's trying to help us to understand spiritual realities, and he's trying to help us to understand how to live out of uh, our, out, out our heavenly citizenship. And here he's trying to help us to understand, okay, well, God is the king of the kingdom. Uh, what are his expectations? So this man who's going on a long trip represents Jesus. His servants represent people like you and me who have given their lives to Jesus, followers of Jesus. The bags of silver represent your talent and skills and time, spiritual gifts, could represent money. The actual Greek word for bags of gold was how the new uh, Revised Standard Version translated talents. A talent was um, uh, a 30 kilogram or 66 uh, bag, uh, 66 uh, pound bag of silver. So we're talking uber silver, right? Like there's, there's a lot of silver here. And um, he gave five bags to one, two bags to another, one bag to the last. First thing that you should notice is it was not the servant's money. It was the man's money. And if you follow that through with the illustration, you'll understand that, well, they're not your talents or your time. They're God's talents. They were lent to you by God. They're not your own. Some of you were saying, you know, what do you mean that they're not my talents? Um, I paid good money to go to school to learn these skills and these talents. And true, you have, an, uh, you have a role to play in developing your skills and talents. Um, that is part of, of God's call in our life to develop the tools that he's given us. But he gave you the smarts you need, and he gave you the opportunities that you've had, and he's given you the, the support that you've needed to come this far in life and develop your talents and your skills. See, it always amazes me when we live on God's green earth, drinking God's water, breathing God's air, and we have the audacity to say, oh, it's all self-made. Uh, all you have has been given to you by God. Your talents are his, and they're on loan to you. You also notice in the story that 
the wealth is not really equally distributed, right? One guy got five, one guy got two, one person got one. It's distributed according to their abilities. We are created equal in terms of value. Each one in this room, no matter what your skills, your talent, your bank account, you're of equal value. Um, but we are not all created equal in terms of talents and abilities, right? There are five talent people. Um, you know, th those are the people who are smart and good-looking and athletic and they seem to succeed at everything they do. I hate those people. Um, <laughs> no, I don't hate them, but uh, yeah. I don't identify with them, right? I'm more like a two-talent person, a one-talent person. Um, now, God values each person equally, but we're not all created equal in terms of talents or skill. And God seems okay with that, right? But here's the thing. It's not about what you don't have. Uh, it is about what you do with what you have. God only judges you by what he's given you. You are not responsible for what you don't have. And I, I see so many needs, and I wish I could go and write a check and meet all those needs. You know, it's, it's easy to dream ourselves generous in what we don't have. But generosity is not about what we don't have. It's about what you're doing with what you have. I'll talk about this more, but seniors, it's really easy to look back and say, well, I don't have this anymore. It's not about what you don't have. It's about what you're doing with you do, about what you do have. Yeah, some of you have enough money to get by, but no more than. You can be generous. Not all of you have skills and talents and gifts that, that you can be generous with in terms of uh, what you see around you. But you do have skills and talents. Maybe it's just one or two. But you can use it. Yep. There are some great examples of people being generous with their talents around here. I love this church. I, I see so many people being talented and using uh, those talents. Uh, Clint McCann, great cook, spent his uh, uh, work, work life cooking. So what does he do? When he retires, he volunteers at Silver Lake. Uh, you know, Kevin, normal, great cook, cooks for family night. Encourage you to try out his cooking. It's worthwhile. Um, you know, uh, People like Mark, who um, is good at IT, so he helps out at IT. Uh, people, um, you know, are, are good at, uh, um, you know, Jack, Fourier, good at driving, so he drives, right? Sometimes we think of talents as, oh, if I can't speak or I can't sing, I don't have any talents. 
that is not true in the least. The list could go on and on and on of people who are generous with their talents in this church. And I know I take a risk when I mention some and don't mention others. It's not that I've overlooked you. I just don't have time uh, to, to go down the whole list here. But I know that some of you are handy and you're generous with that. Some of you are great conversationalists. That's a talent, and it needs to be used. Some of you give wise counsel. Some of you are good at leadership and management and organization. Uh, my question is, what are your talents and skills? Some of you are good at writing. Some of you are good at connecting. What's God given you? And how can you invest them for him? Verse 16. So the servant received the five uh, bags of talents, began to invest the money, and he earned five more. The servant who took two bags of silver also went to work and, and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid it, hid uh, the master's money. The two servants, well, they began to invest the money. Here's what you know, need to know, is that if you're going to invest your talents, it's going to take work. You know, it's really easier to watch Netflix than it is to invest your talents, just saying. Um, whatever Whenever you're being generous with a talent, time, effort will always be involved. Um, there is a cost to giving. I know I shouldn't have to say that, but I've been amazed at how many people over the years have said, oh, didn't realize, you know, there'd be a cost. Yeah, it takes time. Uh, to use your God-given uh, generosity of talent will cost you time and effort. And to use what God has given you for his kingdom will cost you. Now, I found if you're working in your sweet spot, within your talents, there's often something that comes back to you, but sometimes being generous with your time and talent is, well, it's just work. So how generous should you be? Oh, that's always the question, right? How generous should you be? Being generous does not mean overextending yourself and burning out. Uh, it does, however, mean revisiting your priorities to ensure that you live in a way that, well, life isn't all about you. You know, I've had some people tell me, oh, Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm too busy. And when I find out what they're too busy with, probably needs a priority of readjustments. You know, Netflix doesn't count in terms of busyness, right? Just, just, just putting that out there. Um, you know, uh, generosity takes organization. Generosity takes intentionality. Generosity is about a ha habit that you form. I believe that you and I need to look for ways to be generous 
every day. It may mean just getting a co-worker a cup of coffee. It may mean cleaning up a mess that you didn't make. It may mean going beyond what you had to do to make somebody's day a little easier. Generosity is especially important in marriage and family life. Try to give each other. Be generous with your smiles. Be generous with your encouragement. Um, cultivate a habit of being generous every day. You know, studies have shown that the people who do one act of generosity each day um, are about 40% happier than those who don't. And it's important that you cultivate a habit of generosity because those who take, let's say you did an act of generosity Monday to Friday, five days. Now, if you took those five acts of generosity and you compressed them into Monday, you wouldn't be that much happier. But people who have this habit of generosity, who choose to be generous on a consistent basis, test out to be about 40% happier. Um, so where to give? Given your regular life, the relationships that you have, the people that you come across every day. I also believe that it's important to uh, to look for ways to serve the body of Christ with your talents. And you have to be intentional about this. When people start to be intentional about giving their time, the question always comes up, Pastor, how much time do I need to give to the church? Well, first of all, when you phrase the question that way, we got to go back to step one, spirit of generosity, right? Okay? Okay. How much time should I give to the church? Well, you know, we're at different life stages, right? Uh, some of you are retired, you have a little bit more time. Some of you are raising young kids, you hardly have any time. Um, let me suggest a good starting point, even for those of you who are really busy. I suggest that you plan on giving one hour a week um, to Christ, to the body of Christ, just one hour a week. You know, it may come and you give three hours uh, at a time and then, you know, you're, you're off for a few weeks. That's, that's fine. Um, I know a lot of you have a lot to do. Um, but I know that it's important to give and be intentional about it. I know around here, people give on average about 70 hours a week in volunteer time around this church. And that goes up and down depending on the, on the time of the year. But they volunteer um, about 70 hours. It's given generously to the kingdom of God at Asbury. Sunday school teachers, sound people, property management people, worship people, greeters, teenagers, family night. There's a lot that happens around here in a week. Um, my question is, are you given an hour a week to the body of Christ? Now, some of you are intentionally being a representative of Jesus as you volunteer at other organizations in town. 
That counts. Awesome. Are you giving an hour a week? Are you intentional about your generosity? Start there. I know a lot of you give so much more than that. And, and God bless you. And I hope that you'll grow in generosity as well, uh, those of you who are giving an hour a week. But generosity is a habit, and it needs to start someplace. And it's one you practice daily. Generosity needs to be intentional and uh, in what you get involved in. One thing I struggle with in this passage, though, is in verse uh, 16. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant who received two bags of silver uh, went to work and he earned two more. Using our talents in ministry is not like building a company where you can take a look at the balance sheet, take a look at the bottom line. Hey, did I invest my, am I getting a return for my investing? Investing in people's lives is not so nearly cut and dry. How do you know when you doubled your investment? How do you know when you invest your talent, whether it's making a difference? Um, if we work together here and, and we double the attendance at Asbury, is that doubling our investment? Don't think so. Um, I don't think God measures things like that. If you're going to answer that question, is my inve- investment gaining? First thing you need to, to ask is where your investment is housed. Remember, Matthew 25 is all about the kingdom, kingdom of heaven. We're talking about the spiritual realities here. So this is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6. Don't store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break into steel. Store your treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break into steel. Where your treasure is, there your, the desires of your heart will be also. So you can't just go online and check your spiritual bank account, but you can check your heart, right? Uh, Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Do you desire to see people grow and prosper and have smiles on their faces and be encouraged? you have a heart to see people become better followers of Jesus? Do you have a heart to see people move one step forward in their lives? Do you have a heart to see people meet the needs of people? See, where the desires of your heart is, that'll tell you where your treasure is. And as you see your heart, you'll have a general idea what your spiritual bank account is. No, not in numbers. And we won't know when we, until we get to heaven where, uh, where that is, but hey, you can get a general sense of your heart. Matthew 25, verse 24. Or actually, 26, sorry, Matthew chapter 26, verse 19. After a long time, their master returned from the trip and called to them to, to give account of how they used his money. 
The servant to whom he entrusted five bags of silver came forward and said, five more, five more. He said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I've earned five more. Master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling the small amount, so I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Almost the same dialogue takes place with the person who invested their two bags of silver and got two more. After a long time, the master came back. The Bible teaches us that we will all have to give an account for what we have done. Um, it's appointed onto man wants to die, and after that judgment. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus, that's not a, a judgment of your eternal destiny. It's a judgment of, of what you've done. Some people will have works of wood, hay, and silver. It'll be tested in fire, and there'll be not, nothing left. But Paul says, don't worry, you'll make it into heaven by the skin of your teeth. That's the actual word, skin of your teeth. Uh, others, you know, your works, gold, silver, precious jewels, all good. I know a lot of people think I'm saved by grace, my works doesn't, don't matter. They don't matter about getting into heaven. They don't matter about uh, how God loves you. But they do matter. So it seems the servants made good investments and they were given more responsibility. Um, I don't know what the afterlife will be. I know it will be good. I know it will be adventurous, adventurous, and I know that what we do here affects there. Verse 24. Then the servant with uh, one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man. Now, the man doesn't confirm that, but that's how the, the man pictured. Master, I knew you were a harsh man. Harvesting crops you, you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. And I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. So here's your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you do, I harvest the crops that I didn't plant and gather crops I, I didn't cultivate. Why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At, at least I could have got some interest on it. The servant is right in that... Um, the master had a work for him to do. And he didn't do it. But the man, man says something curious. Why didn't you deposit your money in the bank? I'm not sure what that means. Why didn't you just show up a little bit? Um, do something? You may not do anything major, but do something. This man lived out of fear. Um... He let fear, he let fear uh, deprive him of developing what he'd been given. It didn't end well for him. Don't let fear drive you in terms of being generous. Don't let fear drive you. You give and you might not get back. You give and somebody takes advantage of you. You give and it didn't turn out the way you hoped it would. Don't let fear drive you. There's so many of you who use your talents for the kingdom of God. We are so blessed by how you give of your talents around here. Here's what you need to know. You'll never become the person God made you to be, and you'll never reflect God 
unless uh, you become a person with a generous spirit. And being generous means cultivating generosity. Doing something generous each day. Cultivate a spirit of generosity. Generosity needs to be intentional. It's not something that just happens. Something you're intentional about. If you're not serving the kingdom of God for at least an hour a week, look for places. As I said last week, talk to ministry leaders, talk to volunteer organizations, do something. If you start making it a matter of prayer, then when the right opportunity comes along, you'll be ready to be involved. And for those of you who are seniors, you can't do the same things you could do when you were 40. But that doesn't place, mean that there's no place for you to serve. Um, we need seniors who will be intentionally giving generous people in their prayer. Um, we need people who regularly pray for the ministries of our church and the people of our church and people we care about uh, and people in our community that they would come to know the Lord. When you're praying for others, that's an act of generosity. Not a senior here who can't do that. We need uh, seniors who will encourage. If you email and text, could you send an email a day just encouraging somebody that you know? Wouldn't that be cool? Uh, pick up the phone with intention to encourage one person. And it doesn't have to be a long conversation. You can't use the same gifts and talents you could way back, but there are opportunities to be generous even as you sit in your home. Start today asking if you're cultivating um, a habit of generosity. Can you imagine a, a church that was full of people who were generous with their time and their talents in such a way that encouragement flowed generously, where prayer for each other was just commonplace, where we had uh, so many volunteers for ministry that we didn't know what to do with them? Could you imagine a church that was so generous with their time and their talents that we were making impacts in the organizations around town? Imagine a church that was so generous with their time and their talents that uh, people knew, yeah, there's something about different, different about those people. I can see Asbury being that kind of church. I really can. I see us moving forward in that area. That's cool. And I think we can grow in generosity too. Because I think as we move forward and as God does what he wants to do here, that this will be part of the equation of what it means to be a great follower of Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, forgive me when I've made life all about me. Forgive us when we've made life all about us. 
Lord, help us to cultivate a spirit of generosity. Whatever life stage we find ourselves in, whether high school student, college student, young, married with kids, or empty nesters or seniors, Lord, I'm asking that we would each take one step forward in generosity. Help us to cultivate a spirit of generosity, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you want to do in us and through us. Help us to look like you, Jesus. And help us as we step into this to experience your joy. The joy of seeing people grow towards you. That's us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.